everybody, Dave Hodges here, uh, and we are in what will become our guest segment. We're pre-recording, obviously. We have Sam Arnold on, Pastor Sam Arnold, Arnold, and we have um, some breaking news of a major nature, and I've got things to go with this, too, that I think you'll find really interesting. Sam called me, oh, got a hold of me about a half hour ago, and we have uh, development with Russia, and I've got some other situations that tie into this. Um, This is, like I said, when Sam called me, I wasn't the least bit surprised, and he was probably shocked by the fact that I wasn't shocked, but I've been looking for something like this to happen. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're going to be talking about the potential beginning of World War III right here on the Common Sense Show. My name is Dave Hodges. I'm the host, and we're the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we're trying to save America right now, and I hope that your preps are in order because all hell could break out at any time. Sam, welcome to the show, and this is quite the stunning development. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me. And so often we meet on these nights where... We advise Americans to sleep with their shoes on because their international developments could change the geopolitics of the entire globe. It could happen very, very quickly. We need to not let our normalcy bias get in the way of that. And uh, thank you, everyone, your audience, for coming along and listening to what we have to say. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> sleeping with your shoes on. How interesting is that? I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think that's probably appropriate. Uh, definitely think it's appropriate. So let's talk about uh, uh, the stunning development, and then we'll work off of that. Okay. Uh, There are sacrificial lambs in the Black Sea, including a United States Navy destroyer, one of our oldest uh, Arleigh Burke-class ships, the USS Laboon, is in the Black Sea right now, along with a uh, similar frigate from Holland, and a similar ship from Her Majesty's uh, Royal Navy, Type 45 destroyer. Those three ships are in the Black Sea right now. And the intent is to provoke Russia. Now, here we are recording on the eve of the summit between Biden and Putin in Geneva, Switzerland. So that will happen while darkness is over most of these United States. And the concern is this, that Biden will provoke Russia, that he will launch strikes even into Iran or even into the Arab world from the Black Sea, uh, calling Putin's bluff. Putin said that if launches are made from the Black Sea, those launch platforms may be destroyed, which is why our ships were recalled from the Black Sea. And so now they're there again, and this is an intent to cause a national catastrophe for Europe, a national catastrophe, we understand that that's a group of nations, a national catastrophe for the United Kingdom and a national catastrophe for the United States, which, of course, the United States is always incensed when another nation punches us in the nose and kills hundreds of our seamen. And so that's what's trying to happen right now, and it can hopefully be avoided, but it's a very great danger right now. Um, So there are three ships, as I understand it. In the Black Sea. And the the Black Sea is landlocked. The only two ways in, there is a series of 11 locks that can be taken deeper into Russia, into the Caspian Sea. Or the traditional way is to sail from the Mediterranean north 
around all the Greek islands and the uh, guns of Navarone, which is a fictional account based on World War II history of those Greek islands, through that Aegean Sea and through what's called the Bosporus, which is a river. So our ships have transited all of that and gone into this completely landlocked sea that's surrounded by Russia and her allies. There is no escape from the Black Sea. Even before the 1917 revolution in Russia, there was an incident called the Potemkin, where a great capital battleship of Tsarist Russia was subject to a mutiny. So this was the original workers' movement, which then uh, became the Bolshevik Revolution. Mm -hmm. And they took control of this great battleship, the Potemkin, and uh, knowing that there was no escape from the Black Sea, even for a mighty capital ship. And in the end, that event, the, the Tsar's Navy finally brought together superior firepower, cornered the Potemkin, and sunk her, I believe, with 900 hands. So it was a, a national event and a national catastrophe, very famous on the world stage, although it was more than 100 years ago. But the moral for us today is there is no escape from the Black Sea. And Russia can bring naval power, air power, shore-launched missiles, shore-launched artillery. There is no limit to the firepower that they can amass in the Black Sea. And why are we sending our vessels in there knowing that? It is only the spoiling for a fight, the type of fight that is unwinnable, that will end in a catastrophe for the West. And this is the intent. You know, the USS Laboon is one of the very oldest Arleigh Burke-class destroyers. I think we've got 69 of them in active service right now. They're great. They launch tomahawks. They have uh, the Aegis air defense radar. They can shoot satellites out of orbit. This is a threat that Russia has to respond to, but this oldest of one of our oldest destroyers laid it down in 1992 is obviously being sent out to its doom. It's a sacrificial lamb. With American, you know, our finest youth on board, why are we doing this? Why is there this provocation? Because of the vaccine cover-ups breaking down, because of the U.S. economy breaking down, because the Biden administration and their uh, fraudulent election to get Biden in office is now coming apart of the seams with the Maricopa in investigation and other uh, vote audits. And so the only option left is war. And they think we're dumb enough to believe this and to unite our nations against Russia, which really is only trying to defend herself at this point. And I don't know if I really hit this point, but uh, and then I'd, I'd like to hear you respond with your concerns. But the other two ships, the Dutch ship and the English ship, are part of the HMS Queen Elizabeth supercarrier battle group. And that carrier was, and the battle group was supposedly assembled to confront China, but they said, oh, we're going to hit some targets in... Uh, I'm just not sure which Middle Eastern countries. I want to say Syria. They said, we're going to strike some targets in Syria on the way. And each one of these ships has its own Twitter channel that can be watched. HMS Queen Elizabeth, first of all. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, shout out those addresses here in a moment. But why did the Queen Elizabeth Carrier Battle Group send two of its destroyers 
up into the Aegean Sea, up through the Bosphorus, into the Black Sea, arriving on the day before the Biden-Putin summit. This is an intent to start a fight. The Queen Elizabeth can bring air power from the Mediterranean. There's still U.S. Marine pilots on board the U.S. Uh, HMS Queen Elizabeth supercarrier. <clears throat> and it, beyond that, the U.S. carriers of the world are displayed. They are uh, desplegado, we say in Spanish. They are deployed in a very interesting fashion in preparation for global war. And why that has happened on the eve of the Putin-Biden summit is just because Biden is going to try to drive our country in the ditch. That's his plan. And to kill hundreds of American sailors and to cause our nation, our our Western world, to be incensed about it and to go against Russia, which is really not our enemy. We need to just let them do what they need to do in their borders. What do you say, Dave? Well, Russia is our manufactured enemy, and it has been since Donald Trump came into power. And I know for a fact that the reason that this boogeyman was invented, the Russian collusion delusion, was because the globalists fear an American-Russian alliance. It would be more powerful than what the New World Order could put together. So they did everything they could do, including going after General Flynn, inventing the nonsense about Trump, subjecting him to months of phony investigations with fake evidence uh, to create an enemy that is not an enemy. And, um, and now Biden is really driving a stake into this. You know, it's really clear. I said this during the campaigning. I said, look at the Democrats and what they're saying, Harris and Biden. They're not telling you what they're going to do for you, America. They're telling you what they're going to do to you. Their mission is to destroy America, and we've seen it with oil, energy fields. We've seen it with uh, food, and and we've seen it with the uh, uh, tearing down of the uh, fighting spirit of the uh, with the woke politics for the military. And his yep. job is to get us involved in a war to decimate America and decimate Russia, so China can emerge as the world policeman. Exactly, that's the plan. And it's come together in a very disturbing fashion here in these last few days. I really hope that the Queen Elizabeth Battle Group sails on to China, sails on to confront the real threat. And Trump really made great preparations towards this. He got the F-35 to fly. He uh, exported the F-35 to many of our strategic allies around the world, including Japan, including England, and there may be preparations underway to export the F-35 to other uh, less obvious allies like Brazil and uh, South Korea and Taiwan, and also on our own ships. You know, I wrote a series of articles which are on my blog, uh, subscribestar.com slash gospelgunslingers. You can find everything directly from my main page, gospelgunslingers.com, where I detail also a lot of tweets. Uh, you can search Gospel Gunslingers on Twitter. I've authored a lot about the mini-carrier arms race. And do you remember months ago when one of our ships caught fire in San Francisco and yes. burned for days? Yes. Okay. That was one of the few operational mini-aircraft carriers in the world the USS Bonhomme Richard. This is what's called the WASP class. 
in the United States Navy. And really, it's a landing ship. They carry a lot of them, a, a, a nearly complete marine expeditionary unit. So they can do something that not even the Queen Elizabeth supercarrier can do. Drop the tailgate and send out landing craft air cushion, other landing craft to deploy tanks, deploy armored personnel carriers, and many, many, many troops, as well as providing air power. But what Trump did is he took those ships out of the old era of the uh, Harrier jets, which was really the original jump jet that worked, and it's still in service around the world, and no offense against the AV-8B uh, Harrier jet, but uh, they're old, 40 years old. And so the F-35 using that platform is something that Trump did, had the decks reinforced, and this is all around the world. So we've got several of these that are in service, and really they're the equivalent of the Queen Elizabeth supercarrier in many respects, because now they're pretty much, I believe, all retrofitted for V-22 Ospreys and for the F-35 Stovall variant, short uh the vertical takeoff, no, 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 it's short takeoff vertical landing, Stovall. That's what they call it. So we've got these around the world. One of them just transited the Suez Canal. And so it's either in the Red Sea or has come around Saudi Arabia and is somewhere ready to project power either towards the Arab nations and Russia or it could continue to steam into the Indo-Pacific region, which is really what we'd like to see. That's why I believe the Queen ran a hurry-up offense to get the Queen Elizabeth and her sister ship, the HMS Prince of Wales, operational, to bring back Britain as a sea power. There's just so many traitors, Dave, that want to send us and our military forces and our finest young men and women right into uh, the mouth of the Russian bear, someone that should be our ally. So this arms race has happened. Everything's in position to really confront China. And if that military power can be diverted to provoke Russia and some of it destroyed, well, it could very quickly go nuclear. It could go nuclear before the alarm clocks go off tomorrow morning. And that's my concern. This is the warning to America. This is what we know, that there is a bad, bad event that's in no one's best interest. No one but China. And it's getting ready to go down and hopefully we can expose it and cause a retreat from this unwinnable provocation of Russia. Well, um, something else, too, that, you know, you've, you've alluded to this, and I want to develop this in more detail. Uh, I've come out <clears throat> with information um, uh, on Monday. Sorry, I lost track of my days. It was on Monday, and I talked about two sources that told me about what's in the vaccine, spike protein, uh, delayed symptomology from weaponized anthrax that will mimic symptoms of Ebola using a special technology that I've identified. And I had a third major confirmation with evidence on my TV show this afternoon, and uh, this very afternoon on Monday afternoon. So we have three confirmations of the same thing this gets out, the American people will be inflamed. Uh, we don't know how many vaccines are uh, afflicted like this, but we just know it's real. And we know 
that they've been working on this since 2001. We know they stepped it up in 2010. And I'm just talking about the evidentiary trail that's on this TV report at thecommonsenseshow.tv. They need to cover this up. They have an additional problem. In Maricopa County, um, I got to be careful how I phrase this um, for non-disclosure reasons. Let's just put it this way. I advised certain officials in this state uh, about six days ago. I told them, there is all the evidence that you need to know with the audit itself that they're trying to keep under wraps. But word has leaked out to me, and I'm sure to others, that 20,000 secondary ballots were issued all in the name of Joe Biden. And the way you get a secondary replacement ballot is to have a primary ballot falter, fail. You use a wrong marking device. The machine rejects it for whatever reason. And then you're given a replacement ballot, but the state law requires that the only way the replacement ballot can be counted is if the original ballot accompanies it. Well, there are at least 20,000 ballots, and I've been told this number may go to 40,000, that all have Joe Biden's name on it, and there's no original ballot. None. Zero. The original ballots are missing. And at the same time, and people aren't connecting the dots on this, and I'm going to take the credit, uh, this guy named Reesher, who is elected to the county uh, recorder's office in January, has has been part of the dark side, I suspect, from the beginning. Uh, he appears with the county supervisors in cover-up conferences, refusal to surrender court-ordered evidence to aid in the audit accuracy and he's always there with them and he announced in writing in january when he first took over and this was first first day in office he released a letter that said there was a data breach in the maricopa county voting records but don't worry nothing was affected uh, uh, other than voting material and i go other than voting material hold on now you have access to inactive voters who you can find a way to make them active through voting and i just told you how it was done they accessed inactive voter list when they breached the registrations they put them on these ballots and they do not have matching original ballots which means they can't be counted but they're counting them trump lost by eleven thousand votes in arizona this is at least a twenty thousand vote difference And then we have, uh, Sam, I think you'll find this interesting. State Senator Sonny Borelli here in Arizona is paralleling what I'm saying and what I said almost four weeks ago. That Dominion, and I got this from election officials, were in at least some of the facilities, probably all of them, in a a closed-off room, no access to anybody else. They never shared the codes with the election officials for the machines. And that's required in three state laws as well as a federal law, and they maintain the codes. I know from Chris Kitsey, who came on my TV show that showed evidence back in January that they were counting the votes in China. Um, so they've, so, they've got to pull the fire alarm. So, this is yeah. known. They, they can't cover it up anymore. Well, what I'm telling you, Sam, is I'm only giving you the Reader's Digest version. I mean, I've written seven, I think seven articles on on election faux pas, and all of them have now been validated by state officials in some way or another. And when I went to this closed-door meeting with 
prominent people here in Arizona, they wanted to know what I had on the communist-Chinese connections of Governor Doug Ducey. And I said, that's an easy one, guys. Look at the World Tribune and look at South China, 2017. Ducey is addressing the National Governors Association. I said, you can't hide this. And he, in front of the Chinese Chamber of Commerce of Rhode Island, where this meeting was being taken place, he promised the Chinese rare earth minerals, and I quote, and this will be good for the Chinese military. Well, this was the same year the Chicoms threatened to nuke us on four different occasions. I think two of them had something to do with uh, uh, um, Syria, and I think the other two were the South China Sea. And, and, and so when we look at this, Ducey is so compromised, it's unbelievable. He made his fortune in Stone Cold Creamery, but he didn't make his fortune in America. He made it in China. The Chinese own him. They own him. And he's on the board of directors of TGen, which is a conflict of interest because they're vaccine-related, which means he has a conflict of interest with that and his role as governor. And this is stuff you can prove. It's public evidence. So what I'm saying, and you just kind of nailed it, they're desperate. Uh, Garland, the attorney general, came out yesterday and says, yeah, we're, we're enforcing H.R. 1. Uh, but he didn't say it in those words. What he said was, we will tell you what a good election is. We will make sure it's fair and proper. We will make those determinations. No, they don't get to because under the, state, under, under the Constitution, the state governments decide what is proper for election protocols, not the federal government. H.R. 1 has not passed, but he's acting like it has. And then he basically said he was effectively going to shut down the audit because he's heard about irregularities and we're coming to see that no federal laws have been broken. Well, a state senator here responded to that on Twitter and said he comes here and interferes with the audit, he's going to prison. I mean, the Civil War right. lines are being drawn, Sam, as we speak. Civil War yes, lines. Are. And and I will tell you this, I, I will Alex Jones bullhorn the feds when they show up. If they show up, I got the bullhorn. I'm going down to the audit center, and when the feds are there, they're going to hear about it. Now, by the way, I, I don't think I should say it, but I do think I should say it. I wasn't told not to say it, so I'm going to say it. I know there are people paying for private security to oppose the feds. Now, I don't know if this private security will have the balls to do it. Um, from what I hear, they're supposed to. There could be a Boston massacre, uh, a, a, a Bunker Hill standoff. It could be that serious. In Missouri, in Missouri, the governor just signed a law invalidating all federal gun laws in Missouri and imposing a $50,000 penalty for any state uh, officer, county, or city officer that assists the federal government in enforcing a federal gun law. And so these Boston Massacre-type events are starting to uh, bud and bear fruit in a, a number of places. And there are a lot of people talking about taking America back from those like Merrick Garland that want to make uh, decrees from Washington. I heard that the Federal Bureau of Investigation is boarded up in Washington. Yeah, Hal Turner is correct. Steve Quayle and I had this conversation today. Um, this is true. There is no two ways about it. It is, and, and so is the Capitol. For all intents and purposes, they have people going in and out of the Capitol, but I will tell you this, 
they've had planes at the Capitol pro uh, practicing landings so they can exfiltrate key officials. I know that happened 10 days ago. They so, have to pull the fire alarm. It's the only way out is to dis – and it takes a global event to detract the attention from the election, from the COVID vaccine uh, fiasco, from the federal overreach in so many areas, from the water wars and weather wars that are taking place and armed standoffs in some places. The only way to take attention off of that is a global catastrophe with many, many lives lost of, of good young people who volunteered to serve their country. And this is what's brewing right now in the Black Sea. I really, I really hope that this is exposed and that there is some kind of a de-escalation where our ships will leave out of there and uh, continue on into the east to confront the real threat, which is China. That's why these groups were built. I'd like to name some of the ships here, if I can, just yeah. so that people can confirm this information. Please. Uh, okay. This is, you can look on Twitter, uh, there's a hashtag CSG21, that's Carrier Strike Group 21. This is the Queen Elizabeth Strike Group's hashtag. There are not very many tweets with that hashtag, but these ships uh, do use that hashtag. So the commander of that is uh, SMR Moorhouse, at SMR Moorhouse on uh, Twitter. And the two ships that are actually in the Black Sea right now are HMS Defender. That's right on Twitter, at HMS Defender. And the ship from Holland is HNLMS underscore Evertsen, E-V-E-R-T-S-E-N. So those are the, th along with the, uh, the United States destroyer. So... All three of those ships are there, and this is a threat that Russia has to deal with because our ship, for instance, carries the Tomahawk cruise missile, which can be nuclear-armed. So Russia has to deal with this. They're still ready to carry out a full in infantry invasion of Ukraine. Uh, you've had some inside information, and I'd really like you to speak to this, why Putin has not yet invaded Ukraine. And let me just throw one more thing out there before uh, you get to that when our ships retreated out of the black sea the last time putin said the launch platforms may be destroyed after that the uss hamilton a coast guard cutter went through the bosphorus into the black sea and docked in ukraine now this is a very rare event for a coast guard ship to be way the heck over in eastern europe it's only happened once in 2008 and before that in 95. So three times in 25 years. And this happens right during the time that our ships had retreated from the Black Sea because of Putin's counter threat. And it was sent in, I say, to test the waters. And now we've got these three significant ships with cruise missile capability, anti-aircraft capability. Really, they're strong ships, but here's the deal. They're fishing a barrel in the Black Sea. If there is real military conflict with Russia, their hope of survival is absolutely zero, and they're sent there to be sacrificial lambs so that they will provoke Putin, Putin will sink them, and then 
the nations of the West will be incensed and go to war. And they could go nuclear. So, I, I, I don't think it'll go down that way. Can I tell you how I think it's going to go? I'd like to know. When, when these ships are under attack, they're going to issue May Day, and NATO forces will respond immediately. That's why NATO Putin, forces. Listen, Biden respond. was in Biden was in NATO headquarters on Monday afternoon. Exactly, he met with EU leaders in Brussels, which is Belgium. It's one of the low countries, along with Holland. They're right there together. They've discussed how they're going to go provoke Putin. And, and, and okay, the Queen Elizabeth supercarrier is there. She can launch her uh, F-35 fighters to go strike targets with nuclear capability in the theater. It is staged to be in the theater. They have to overfly Syria and some other things, but they could attack Iran. They could attack Russia very easily, along with fixed-wing air power from around the world. I don't think, though, that NATO is really ready for this fight. I'll tell you who is, though, is Putin. What do you say? Uh, I think Putin is prepared militarily. I think Putin is going to try to do anything he can do not to engage in the fight. I mean, Putin's not stupid. Uh, Let, let's, let's sit in Putin's chair. Putin knows even if he defeats the United States, he will do so with a depleted military and depleted economy with a lot of casualties, and he'll be left alone to face China. If he allows NATO to come into Ukraine, which, by the way, the president of the Ukraine just said, I believe yesterday, that they will join NATO and they have NATO support and that the U.S. is behind their bid to join NATO, which is... Hal Turner said, a stab in the face to Russia. And so one thing that Russia cannot allow is for the Ukraine to join NATO, to take the Donbass away from them, and to position uh, hypersonic missiles in the Ukraine, which could reach Moscow in five, seven, or ten minutes, depending on who you ask. That's one defeat that, that Putin cannot sustain. And the Russian chess masters understand that that sacrifice is too great that it it uh, destroys their strategic defensibility of Russia and that he cannot allow that to happen and I agree. so uh, you had you had reported on why Putin had not invaded the Donbass uh, I'd like to well he was hoping well this is one thing I'm very very sure about he should have already done this because the fields will turn wet in September and bog his mechanized units down. And he was waiting until the fields would dry, and this is back in May. He was hoping that the audits would produce a change in presidency and Trump would be reinstalled. Um, that's what he was hoping for. Um, and I also believe one of the motivations for immediate provocation from Biden is to blunt that expectation as well because I know for a fact and this will go out on touchy territory but listen I am not alone in this Paul Preston has some of these facts Steve Quayle has a few of these facts I know that um, people of audit teams or audit friendly people have talked to Russian representatives of Putin and I know that Putin went to Israel, and this is why Netanyahu got replaced in a crooked election, because he was on board with this. Russia and Israel offered to help 
the U.S. military restore the uh, rightful government under the Insurrection Act and some voter act I can't recall off the top of my head. I know for a fact that meeting happened. I know that Trump was at that meeting. Trump has met, he met with both world leaders. He met with Netanyahu and he met with Putin. Now, there's been a change in leadership in Israel. That's thrown a monkey wrench. And this is the interference done by the CIA on behalf of the Biden administration to, one, make us more vulnerable for attack in the Middle East, to lose our oil reserves since we're now energy dependent as opposed to independent, and to destroy the first strike capability of Israel that we would have to use as substitute surrogate troops before we could arm the Middle East in the event of a Russian or Chinese attack. So this is getting right. really, really ugly. So Putin is on board with assisting Trump to get into, back into power. He wants nothing to do One with Biden. One more thing. There's a prophecy from over 50 years ago, one of the few unfulfilled prophecies of William Branham, and that is that Russia would destroy the city of Rome with a nuclear device. And I believe that Putin knows that the center of globalism is not in Washington, but it's rather in Rome. And the currency manipulation worldwide is centered. I, I, I agree that Washington and New York are secondary centers, but my studies have shown that the center of that, that the true nerve center is in the city of Rome and the invisible empire of the Roman world. And perhaps Putin is smart enough to strike at the real aggressor and not the red cape that is being lowered before his horns by sending these three warships into his really domestic waters. So perhaps uh, he will help avoid the bait and go to the real nerve center. That would be an interesting thing, whether it happens today, this year, or even in our lifetimes. But the prophet said that a Russian nuclear dis device would destroy the city of Rome and accomplish many biblical prophecies about the destruction of Babylon uh, at the same time. So I would like to see that happen. I hope that it happens. I hope that our young men and women that are aboard the USS Laboon do not go to the bottom in a totally hopeless and failed effort. But one thing that's interesting about the USS Laboon is it is named for a Catholic United States chaplain who won the Silver Star on a submarine in World War II. So not, as, not only is the USS Laboon that's in this dangerous place, not only is it one of the oldest Arleigh Burke-class destroyers, it is also perhaps the only one named for a Catholic chaplain. So what kind of support would rally, what kind of fake news would come out if that was the subject of a tragedy, this great ship, the uh, USS Laboon? It would definitely incense the Catholic world. And maybe Putin is smart enough to strike at the heart of the Catholic global conspiracy and not just at a uh, fringe element that's being dangled in front of his face. It's, um, you know, I just have to wonder how stupid people can be. And, and <laughs> Sam, this is what I'm, uh, I'm responding to the insanity of putting these three ships in a no withdrawal, no escape scenario. I mean, it, it's clear, it, it, it's clear. It's mind numbing. 
Yeah. It, it, let me give you an example. 1941, on December 7th, the one ship that you couldn't lose and win World War II in the Pacific, the four aircraft carriers were out to sea conveniently when the Japanese attacked. The other ships, many of them tied up in, uh, in Pearl Harbor, and they were in the way of each other. And, and, right. and even if they could get away from their moorings, you know, you would have had a mass traffic jam and they would have just have been just as big of, of targets. And then, of course, the order of Roosevelt to have uh, uh, the uh, War Department to have the airplanes at Hickam Field lined up in a straight line so three Japanese planes could go right down the line and destroy the air power. Uh, and this was intentional. Roosevelt needed a provocation to get into World War II. So he knew that the Germans were developing or potentially developing atomic weapons, and he goaded through the eight-point plan, Japan into attacking, and made Pearl Harbor a sacrificial lamb. And and this is exactly what Biden is doing by putting these three ships in a no-win, no-escape, will-be-overwhelmed-within-minutes scenario with complete 100% casualty rate. Absolutely. There's no way out. They are fish in a barrel. And as mighty as those ships are, they cannot stand against the combined land, air, and sea forces of the Russian military. It's idiotic that they're being put there. It is absolute suicide. And to order our sailors into it, our commander-in-chief should be ashamed of himself, and <laughs> he should be impeached just for that. I'd well, like to tell where yeah. the rest of our... Well, I want to just... Uh, I, I want to broach this, though, because... My comparison to Pearl Harbor doesn't end there. At the same time that Pearl Harbor was attacked, the Japanese were maintaining diplomacy in Washington, D.C. And when the they hit a snag um, at about, uh, what, 1230 Eastern Time, 1230 p.m. Eastern Time, they signaled the homeland, yeah, I'll go ahead and attack. And, and we know there was about a half-hour time frame between that notification and the attack. Here's the eerie parallel. Tomorrow, Putin and Biden are supposed to be in the same room. That is eerie. Isn't that eerie? Yes, it is. Now, it's not just a replication of Japanese ambassadors and re uh, representatives of uh, FDR. What we're looking at here is putting two men in the room when World War III could start at any second. Who is going to blink first? What's the leverage? Do you have any sense of this, how this is going to play out tomorrow? The news articles that I read said there will be no breaking of bread. It is expected to be a tense meeting. And it's going to begin again before the United States and the news cycle and the average American is up and at them. All of this is going to be underway. I'm really concerned about the timing. For yeah, yeah. Let me just reasons. let me just say this, Sam. This is important. I put this out with timing. Okay, sorry to interrupt you, but this is critical at this point. It is now um, 9:28 Pacific time, 12:28 Eastern. And the uh, highways on the East Coast and the commuter trains will be filled in less than seven hours. So this is our time frame. Now, by the time people hear this, 
we're we're going to process this interview instantly and um, I'll instruct it to go up on our podcast immediately but that's probably two hours away because of processing time and so forth and you've got to edit and do all that stuff and I'm working I'm making my help work late into the night um, we will probably have the podcast out very early morning about commuter time in New York uh, th this could already be over our radio show airs at 1 p.m. Pacific time and we go through our networks on the various time frames but it's 1 p.m. Pacific time on KYH um, then we have a secondary network we broadcast our best stories on Sunday but whatever <laughs> this will be a done deal by, by the following Sunday so we very well could be broadcasting this in retrospect except for the podcast but one thing I am going to ask for is we're going to get the links from the um, podcasts uh, and get them up on the commonsenshow.com website immediately and so I'm hopeful that'll be just after midnight Pacific so I wanted to so I, I apologize for the long lengthy explanation uh, Sam but but I wanted the audience to know and be able to gauge the timeliness of what they're hearing yes and uh, regardless of whether we this this occurs we have told before that our troops have been put in an unwinnable suicide situation just for no reason at all I mean if if, if that kind of bravery and sacrifice was required for a greater goal uh, that would be one thing but just for it to be a nonsensical PR effort and for them to be cut down uh, for propaganda purposes is ridiculous and I hope that we can at least document to the world that our military is being deployed into into these hopeless situations for propaganda purposes and I hope that our nation if lives are lost is not incensed by this and ready to go to war and and uh, blow Russia off the map I, I really hope that we find some common ground one thing about Putin he's tough but he's reasonable and as long as people are reasonable with him he can really uh, be an ally so I, I hope that that's done you know, I, I wanted to just quickly state where the rest of our naval ships are deployed because this is, it's clear that there's preparations for global war. We have three carrier battle groups off of our coasts, the Carl Vinson off of the uh, Southern California coast and the USS Harry S. Truman and Gerald Ford battle groups off the U.S. Northeast coast off of Washington and New York. So. That only happens when they're going out to sea or when they're prepared to repel an invasion or an aerial bombardment attack, naval attack, in preparation for an invasion. So those groups are there. Uh, in Asia, kind of between the South Korea, Japan, Taiwan uh, area of operations is the Ronald Reagan Carrier Strike Group. Now this is where we really need to be because this is where China wants to attack. And also the USS America, which is one of these WASP-class mini-carriers that not only carries U.S. Marines and has the ability to land them, but can also deploy the F-35. In addition to the Japanese ships that are also F-35 capable that are over there. 
we have, and this is a real rarity, and you can read about it on uh, USNI News, the Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group. So this is an entire nuclear supercarrier strike group is in the Indian Ocean, supposedly to cover our withdrawal from Afghanistan, something that the Biden administration has resisted and really did not want to do. They want to protect that opium and keep the drug trade raging. So in order to keep that roaring, who knows? And who knows what elements of our military and Navy are under his control and aren't. But it is a great oddity, and USNI News commented on this, how odd it is for this carrier strike group to be deployed to supposedly cover our withdrawal from Afghanistan. The USS Iwo Jima, which is another WASP-class landing ship, marine unit carrying ship with the F-35 capability, has transited the Suez Canal into the Red Sea. And if you look at this map, if they're still in the northern Red Sea, they could very easily jump into the uh, jump across uh, Israel and Turkey and Jordan and uh, attack Russia or attack into the Black Sea theater of operations from there on the other side of the Suez Canal. And, of course, the Queen Elizabeth strike group, which includes United States ships and U.S. Marine pilots, is in the eastern Mediterranean. And then part of her strike group is in the Black Sea. So this is just a perfect storm brewing. It's, it's nothing good can come from this. Nothing good. I really hope that the thing is found out, that Putin is too smart to take the bait, that he can find a way to defend his nations and his borders without giving Biden the propaganda fuel and the uh, incensing the American, British, and European public with uh, the destruction of so many of their young lives. I really hope that there's a way out of this, but I'm telling you, it is bad, and everyone needs to be taken shelter. Well, we haven't actually talked about the reaction of the crew. What is likely to happen in warfare is Russia will attack, and it will be unannounced, and it will be over very quickly. On the other side of the coin, you have to wonder, these captains of these ships aren't stupid. They're battle-trained. They understand... They've got the white flag. They can run up the white flag. That's they my point. They can run it up and say, hey, we're not going to be a part of this. We're not, we're not here to uh, make senseless provocations and cause the entire world to uh, descend into chaos. That's not why we're here. Well, let me tell you what I guarantee is going on. Okay, so Sam, I hope you got a few minutes to sit through because we have major development here on this. And, and I'm going to tell you what I know about Benghazi. I published this. I was the first to break it. I got criticized, and then people started imitating it. And what I said was, um, at the time when Obama was firing command officers left and right, he was not popular with General Ham. He was not prop, uh, popular with the Admiral who was in charge of Carrier Task Force 3, and they were receiving uh, uh, Christopher Stevens' uh, request for rescue, and they were both in a position to assist. Uh, the surveillance would have been done by drones launched from the ship, the ships up in the Carrier Task Force, and uh, AFRICOM, under the control of HAM, would have launched the rescue mission. And, and they were prepared to do that. They were under orders from Panetta to stand down, 
but their rationale was if they rescue Stevens who was being eliminated because his operations had become sloppy uh, known and a threat to Obama's re-election uh, you know two months or one month before the election and they wanted him out of the way in fact actually Stevens had requested a platoon of Marines to protect him and Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State turned him down so when we look at this in its totality these two officers were prepared to violate the orders of Panetta they were hoping Stevens if he was rescued would sing like a canary and bring down the entire Obama administration and this I've got this from very very high-level military officials as it was happening now as they were preparing to launch the rescue mission there were the executive officers were both <clears throat> excuse me number two men on on the command ships on the flagships or the, or the uh, in the Navy and and with General Ham in his in his headquarters now the number two guy for Ham was named Colonel Rodriguez I do not know who the number two name was in um, the Navy but it, it existed so the CIA operatives arrested both of these men and and uh, yeah and the Admiral we we know he went to house arrest in Bremerton Washington but we don't know the disposition of him and he has not been heard of since and then Ham uh, was quiet for a long time and he reemerged as a Muslim convert singing the praises of liberals so um, you, you know clearly there was correction made and I asked the question very stupidly I said well what why not and I asked this in one of my military sources why not just launch another coup and he goes look this was a coup of opportunity the American people are hurting enough to have a coup that way so knowing how this works and sorry for the long drawn-out story but here's my point my point is <clears throat> that regardless of what these commanders do let's say the captains of each ship contact each other and said we need to meet on one of the ships this is really serious and so they convene and they decide to surrender their number twos might be CIA plants like we saw with Benghazi and they may arrest them and continue the mission and I suspect this failsafe has been put in place they'd be stupid not to have a failsafe for a commander getting cold feet don't you agree we need to remember the Potemkin we need to remember <laughs> that the Black Sea is the site of one of the most famous mutinies in the history of the world naval mutinies and sometimes it falls to the individual sailor the individual infantryman to decide that he will not obey an unlawful order that he will not disregard his oath to his nation that he will not abandon his belief in God yeah and they've been put in charge of these weapon systems Sam, I got Sam. I got to interrupt you here, and I apologize. We are flat out of time. We'll have to do a follow-up to see how this ends. But I've got to sign off because we're up against a hard break. I think the audience has what they need. I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you, Dave.